on today's Compassion Radio. We really believe that ministers that are younger can talk to the younger kids. Or at least the one that's being talked to is going to be able to say, okay, I'll hear you out. I'll give you five minutes. Exactly. So when they see the video first, they're intrigued because it is some big time players in the skating world and the BMX world and the extreme sport. When you see a guy like Brian Head from Corn, who's got tattoos all over his yeah. body, and you imagine sitting next to him at church, but yet he's the first person to tell you the churches don't want people like him. Yes, who did Jesus hang out with? Good morning, friends. A quick note and a prayer request concerning the interview you'll hear today. One of the things we cover is the serious danger posed by COVID and the consequences of mental health. Well, in Brian Argo's case, the threat is very real. As of the date of this broadcast, he himself has been to death's door. It's been a brutal six-month ordeal as he fights his way back from six weeks on ventilator and the rest of the time full of grueling therapy to regain use of his legs and his speech. We deeply appreciate your prayers for this exceptional kingdom servant. With that in mind, what Brian has to say today has extra power. For our third program on this incredible ministry that we've come to know and love called D2L, Death to Life, is Brian Argo. And Brian, you and I have been friends for a good 35 or more years. We've seen each other grow up, literally. We've seen God come to life in us. And we've seen how God has brought us through some pretty rough patches and focus us into some new ministries that we didn't expect we'd ever do. So, Brian Argo, welcome to this show called Compassion Radio. Thank you, Brian. It's uh, really good to be here. We have nothing better to do, right? We're sitting around not being able to go anywhere because we're trying to be as obedient as we can to what the medical professionals are telling us, that right now is the time for hunkering down and letting the virus pass over, so to speak. And during the season between Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday, we're in the season of waiting for a rebirth. I don't think it's unintentional that God let this particular thing happen during this particular spiritual season. So I'm looking forward to a rebirth in a lot of ways as we get ready for Pentecost and remembering what God did to start the church. You've been doing a work with Mario and the folks at D2L for a number of years now, helping them find people, people like you, that needed someone to say, you're not alone, you mean something to me, and God has not forgotten you either. Let's talk. And the reason they're saying that to these kids is because they have just said, I want to kill myself. What an incredible place of ministry to be, to be the one that says, no, your life matters, and I'm going to show you how. Talk with me for a while. That's the work that you do through D2L and through your partners at the Hope Line. So tell me, Brian, why did you even end up being involved with this ministry in the first place? <laughs> That's a great question, Bram. I met Mario through a, a church that we were doing, and Mario was just starting out with Death to Life. Part of my background had been in the early 90s owning a record store. Hey, they're coming back. Yeah, record stores are coming back. I really had a connection for our youth, but not really the kids at church. Hmm. And Mario was on the forefront of working with the hopeless kids. That really intrigued me, and I wanted to do something that was on a local platform and on a nationwide platform and on a global platform. Yeah. And and that's what has happened with Death to Life in the past 10 years. It is only by God. Looking at the analytics, um, God's hand is all over this ministry and yeah. blessings, counseling so many kids, so many people that are hurt. It's just a, a great opportunity because of the vehicle that 
with technology, it is so different than when I accepted Jesus Christ with the four spiritual laws versus now where we have technology. And technology has really impacted how the churches have to do church, how the kids that are attending church are seeing it, and also those non-believers. I think the average time, Bram, is around eight hours on some type of electronic device. No doubt. So we have really tried to go after kids that the church will never open their doors to, like a kid that has tattoos or body piercings, and and, and, and maybe that might be cringeworthy for others, but they are all brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and they need the love that Jesus gives us all in the yeah. grave. And that's great on paper, Brian, but how did it actually work out? You sat down with Mario and said, okay, we're going to find those kids. You already have some professional experience and training in new media. So you were making the transition out of selling yellow page ads to going into online marketing. So your heart was marketing, which is getting a positive message across. And you were ethical in this. You weren't trying to sell the thing that got you the most money in life. You were trying to be responsible in your faith and do things that were honest and trustworthy. And things that people actually needed. I can't think of anything more that someone would need than a lifeline when they're drowning. Yeah. It's unethical when you see someone drowning not to throw them a lifeline. You know, God gives us all different gifts. Some are amazing evangelists. Some people are business-oriented. Some people are—they're great at what they do, and God is gifted. I just happen to be good at this understanding of the marketing. Having owned a company from startup, I was able to help Mario come beside him and just work together. And I would see where there was opportunities. And we did have this opportunity with Google that came up. We had some things that we couldn't really go directly on. We had to really focus on the suicide part of it for Google to partner with us. Mm -hmm. But when you land on our website, it is exactly what it says. This is a God-based website that we believe in Jesus Christ. So we make no bones about it. When a child, because our number one and number two lookup is, I want to kill myself or how do I kill myself easy, that right there should have us all in shock that that a kid would literally type that in. And that it's being typed into Google tens of thousands of times a day. Exactly. And from anywhere in the world. Yeah. I mean, we're in 182 countries. Hmm. We also are translating in 60 different dialects. For that message to go over the internet and a kid who really is hurting lands on a Christian website, doesn't know why he's on the Christian website. We all know it's the Holy Spirit, but Hmm. that kid has no idea what's going to happen. These are the kids that are like him that can talk to them because we really believe that today's ministers that are younger can talk to the younger kids. The kid that looks the same will be able to identify with that kid that is lost. Or at least the one that's being talked to is going to be able to say, okay, I'll hear you out. I'll give you five minutes. Exactly. So when they see the video first, they're intrigued because it is some big time players in the skating world and the BMX world and and, in the extreme sports a male and female. Mm-hmm. When you see a guy like Brian Head from Corn, who's got tattoos all over his <laughs> yeah. body, and, and you imagine sitting next to him at church, but yet he's the first person to tell you the churches don't want people like him. Mm. Yes, I ask, who did Jesus hang out with? Right. That's the thing. Brian talked to a couple of transgender kids a while ago, and, and we got a lot of hate mail for that. And bit. Mario said, you know, God bless them. We as a Christian society need to wake up, and we need to be revitalized because it's by God's grace that we are saved. Yeah. And it doesn't have a particular look or feel. 
just like suicide. It could be a rich kid. It could be a poor kid. It could be gay or straight. It could be anything. It's all of us. And the thing is, that's what's really going on in this world right now. One in nine minutes is the average suicide rate in the States and mm. in, in China. It's one in two minutes. Yeah. It's the only statistic that's gone up the last 45 years and has never turned around or gone down one time. Yeah. So mental health is a big, big issue going on for so many, whether it be in the secular world or the Christian world. We just have a platform to show them God's love and give them that hope. It seems to me, from what little I know of the field, having talked with counselors and lots of pastors and philosophers and theologians, that this particular issue of suicide seems to be one of those things that truly fits the description of a spiritual crisis more than even a mental health or emotional crisis. Because there's so much about mental illness which will lend itself towards delusion or towards violence or striking out. But there's something truly unique about the striking out against the self. The kind of pain that goes into it is not just about physical pain. There are obviously a sliver of the suicide potentials out there that are truly driven by physical pain. People who are on death's door and don't want to suffer any longer. But the vast majority are suffering something that is inexplicable in medical terms. Something's going on in their heart that they can't even get at. They can't escape that torment of this. So it seems to me that this really is a spiritual crisis more than anything else, but that's just an opinion from me. I know other people can speak to it much more accurately than I can. What has been your experience about how people perceive themselves as they're coming through the counseling opportunities? How do they end up perceiving themselves that they could not have even comprehended before they met D2L and the folks at the Hope Line? You know, there's some things you can't explain, Graham, and we call that faith. Mm -hmm. God asks us to have faith. Every kid, every boy, every girl, every man or woman that comes, they all have a different story, and they're coming for a different reason. They're all unique, just like everybody's story is. I can only tell you that by the grace of God, by the Holy Spirit driving them, that He knew and has always known. And this is such an underground ministry because we're not mainstream. We're very specific for kids. It's all the Holy Spirit. It's all Jesus Christ. There's nothing coincidental about any one of those kids coming. And we're talking in the 10 years, over a million kids we've counseled. 100,000 a year. And it's more than that. But again, If we're talking the actual analytics, the reports that we get, we've done over a million kids easily. Friends, there are people all around the world right now who, because of an overpowering sense of isolation, are considering the unthinkable. Maybe that person is you. I hope you'll stick with us for the second part of today's powerful interview with Brian Argo of DeathToLife.com. And thank you for helping us bring these stories to the air. And I'm thrilled that you continue to partner with us in times like this. This unusual media ministry that we are, bringing you the frontline kingdom news you probably won't hear much about anywhere else. Thank you for how your courage and faithful giving keep us on the air, in the arena, standing with you to help the kingdom keep growing in the 21st century. Here's how. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, one 800 868 Our mailing address is Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. We can't do this work any other way than with you. Were you there when God raised him from the grave? Were you there? 
Were you there when God raised him from the grave? Were you there when God raised him from the grave? In the 10 years, over a million kids we've counseled. 100,000 a year. And it's more than that. But again, if we're talking the actual analytics, the reports that we get, we've done over a million kids easily. It's the ones that we don't know, like Mario had mentioned, we don't have the tracking to say what happened or mm-hmm. where did they go or the ones that came onto the videos and accepted Jesus Christ as a personal savior. I can't tell you. Only God knows. Yeah. But it, it is really, truly amazing to see the transformation from a kid that comes on, writes a nasty email to us, mm. and then a week later comes back and says, I'm sorry, I'm so thankful for you. Mm. That, to me, is the transformation of Christ. Yeah. It's right there in front of me. If you want to see it, there it is. Yeah. You can look on the analytics and see we've appeared in all these countries worldwide. Yeah, It just amazes me. I've had a lot of discussions with people in different denominational backgrounds that take issue with some of the things we've done missionally internationally, like mm-hmm. the kind of people we yeah. tend to hang out with because they're the only Christians we can find in a country. And yeah. my response is usually not about doctrine. It is about theology. But the doctrine thing becomes so important for some people that we forget yeah. that the measure of faith was not the beliefs and not the well-documented doctrine. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And the Word makes that very clear. If you want to know who's following Jesus, do they exemplify those fruit of the Spirit? Are they long-suffering and patient and kind and loving and forbearing? and All those kind of things that are the fruit that really don't come from ourselves and couldn't with some people. Because we can be forgiving and we can be kind to some. But being able to be truly a light and a love of Jesus to somebody who is so different than us as we perceive it, and without qualification, say, yeah. you're important. No matter how hard-hearted you are, no matter how mean you are to me, you matter to Jesus. Yeah. That yeah. is the measurement. That is the metric upon which we know that people are following Christ, or at least attempting to go toward him. And I imagine a lot of these kids that pour out the vitriol and all of the pent-up hate and all of the anger that they've felt all their lives— they dump it on the closest place they can. And that ends up being a lot of the counselors you work with. And yet you say many of them will come back around later and the softening has happened. And I do believe that comes from the Spirit of God too. Well, a lot of the kids don't know that they're talking to a Christian counselor. Hopeline is one of the largest Christian counselors for suicide and grieving. So we're able to utilize that resource, which death to life takes care of the Hopeline. Hmm. But it is a team work, like you say, again, that's showing a brotherhood, if you will. I mean, we have one thing, they have one thing. Combined, we are a better thing for Christ. Just like you and me, um, you know, together we are better. And you're exactly right, the fruits of the Spirit. So poignant. The last thing, and I think this is something that we all strive for, but super, super hard, is the forgiveness of sins to another person. I mean, God didn't pick a number. He gave us 100%. Sometimes we as humans decide, well, I'm only going to trust that person 80%. That's not what the Bible says. It's all or nothing. And that's something I strive with every day that I try to work on. And and it doesn't come easy all the time. If it comes from us, it's not going to be perfect anyway. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. So 
having to deal with that is 100% forgiven. Just say God bless them and work through the situation through love and grace. All right. There's a question I did not get to put to Mario in our previous conversations, but I'd like to put it to you since you're part of this team and you know him very well. What is the church doing right? And what is the church misfiring on badly when it comes to issues of these kind of spiritual crises? You've been around the church all your life. You've seen big churches and small churches. You've been involved with leadership. You've been sitting in the pews, just taking it in. You're of that tribe. And you have plenty that you've observed over your years, and you know what's going on on the online world that's really reaching the darkest corners of humankind. What are we doing right, and what are we not getting right at all? Wow. Yeah, that's a great question, Bram, because, again, that is certain. It goes by church by church. The thing is, is that the church doesn't really want to talk about hard issues. This is not a very fun topic to talk about, but it's a very realistic topic. I think that most ministers, when they go to seminary, they learn about the Bible, they learn about those things, but they don't learn about the other parts of it, like, okay, how do we deal with suicide, as an example. We have to get better resources. And some, like Rick Warren, when he had his son commit suicide, he started that whole uh, Celebrate Recovery. Mm -hmm. And significant amounts of people have gone through that and, and been helped. It seems like every time there's a trial, there's a huge celebration from that aftermath of something that has happened. It's a celebration. And we're learning through this, but I think that churches, they do well with taking kids in. Mm -hmm. But when they become harder and there might be another dig down, we are not trained well enough to understand that issue that a kid might have. Remember, we're probably talking to a high school minister who is working part-time at a small church or working full-time at a large church. But then a large church has maybe 200 people in that high school department. We're talking about one kid that is on the bubble. Yeah, I would love to see where we can give the church resources. And, and again, that's why Death of Life is set up. We're learning to tackle, as we change, we're going to be changing here in the, in the near future to tackle more of those tribes individually. We, we've seen a big surge in policemen, in firemen, military, yes. physical challenge families. Wouldn't it be nice to have a, a tribe where you actually had an area where it was a whole resources for those families Indeed. and those people to talk, to get love, to get prayer, also get counseling, in addition to having somebody that's knowledgeable in that area yes. uh, to oversee that. So I really think that that's where God is moving us to be more specific, more intentional, and also give resources to the church so that they can say if they've got a kid that might be thinking about something— that they can either turn them to death of life and get these resources for texting or actually phone call. But believe it or not, most of our traffic does come from texting from the demographic of uh, under 20. Makes sense. It's something about believing or at least having hope that the person I'm communicating with gets me. He looks like me. He sounds like me. He's been the places I've been. We have something in common. It's our point of commonality that allows us to approach the possibility of a friendship or a relationship that can help me right now. And there are, as you say, many other tribes that are out there. And I do pray that D2L and all the other partners you're working with, and as you keep growing, will identify those segments where having vets talking to vets could make a world of difference. Having people that have been trafficked in the past that are rebuilding yeah. their life on the foundation of a godly sense of self 
are reaching out yeah. across the internet to those who are being trafficked. I mean, all these kinds yeah. of places where we have suddenly decided to shine light on darkness. I go back to that first transaction that happened at Google some time ago. Someone had to be looking at all of these searches that are coming through, and a human being had to see the requests for how to kill yourself were coming through fast and furious. And that had to move somebody's heart to say, this can't stand. So whether they knew it or not, they were beginning to do God's work. And in pursuing an opportunity to make a difference in that issue was a moral decision. And because of that, God used it to help build the path through you into counselors that are already saving lives, literally. So whether that person was a believer or not at Google, whether or not they even conceived that this would become a spiritual movement or not, they looked at the deaths happening that their search engine could be morally contributing to, and they couldn't handle it any longer. They had to do something. And that, to me, Brian, is an example, scripturally speaking, of obedience, of knowing what's right and doing it, and avoiding doing what's wrong. So I'm grateful that God can work through the hearts and minds of people who are, like you and me, wanting to have a reason to live and to do something valuable in life. And he used that situation, that circumstance, those people to come to you 10 years ago and say, let's do something to counter this wave. If these requests are going to keep coming in, I need to find a quick and easy way to kill myself. We ought to have an answer for that, not just a link. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I'm always amazed because when you hear it back from somebody else saying it, because of the internet experience that I've had, you know, I just look at if you were to start a company today and what Google has done for us, Mm-hmm. It's well over six figures. It's well over into the 900000 almost close to a million dollars in advertising yeah. that Google has given us. The props go to them, too, but they did have their requirements that we had to do. And like I said, you know, we are a suicide place, but mm-hmm. we are also discipleship. Mm-hmm. When you land, we are video church, but we also have discipleship. And we just might call it something different. Yeah. Defeating death is no different than what I would say, how do you become a Christian? How do you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior? But we talk to these kids because that's the way the kids understand it and interpret it today. The vernacular might be different, but the heart's the same. Yeah, it is the same. And and the message is always love, you know, first and foremost. You can't outsend God. So, I mean, those are always the strongest messages that we have for these kids that we love on them first. There's nothing you can't tell us that we haven't seen or heard or God hasn't seen or heard that, uh, you know, you can't outfit them. And I can't imagine that there's not a person in this world that when they know they're loved, change their perspective. If we learn better the language of love and life, no matter what the vernacular is in different tribes, we learn the pigeon. We learn to speak our language and theirs at the same time that we won't find opportunities to love and to bring life to others. That's what the church is supposed to be about anyway. So Brian, thank you for sharing a bit of your story with us. I look forward to hearing more of what D2L is doing and what God brings into your hands in the next few years, as he has already entrusted you with some important things. He's obviously found you to be a trustworthy steward, and I know he's going to give you more. Thanks again, Brian, for being part of Compassion Radio. Hey, Bram, thanks again for having me today, and I really appreciate you giving us the time to at least talk to some of your listeners about this really important issue that's going on. Some of the other signs that I just want to make sure that your listeners are aware of is suicide is one. Another issue is depression, cutting and bullying and peer pressure are all the top five things to look out for. If you see this stuff going on, please get help, contact somebody, whether it's with us or with another nonprofit organization to help that person. But 
please take it very seriously. No one ever jokes about the topic. And to make that clear, you're talking about people who can see these things in the world around them, people that they love. They can contact you as well. That is correct. By all means, come to deathtolife.com. We have our counselors right here ready to go 24-7. And it's not just in the States. It's abroad as well. So if you know somebody that's overseas, please send them that link and check it out. And also... Any of you older listeners that have a younger grandson that doesn't see faith as important, you know what? Just send them to death of life. Let them check out the website and let the Holy Spirit touch their hearts because Mm. you will be surprised how the website has worked just in that way alone. When someone does look different from you and you know you want to tell them about Jesus, this is a great discipleship tool even when you don't know what to say. Deathtolife.com. Death number two life.com. Thank you again, brother. Thanks, buddy. As I mentioned at the top of the program, my dear friend and today's guest, Brian Argo, has faced his own life or death crisis. After weeks of intubation and six months of intensive therapy, he's hanging on, but it's been a brutal recovery, and he continues to bravely fight to recover his voice and the use of his legs. We deeply appreciate your prayer for him and his family. You can follow his progress at caringbridge.org. There's also a link on today's podcast page at CompassionRadio.com. We treasure your prayers and support as we pursue all that God has for us. If you'd like to support the work, your gifts are always welcome at our CompassionRadio.com website or by phone at 1-800-868-2478. You can also text COMPASSION to 53445 or write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. We'll see you tomorrow.